Oh, there you are. Anyway, nice to be company. Welcome along. <laughs> I was, was going to say something too, and I've now completely forgotten. What's, oh, that's right. Yesterday we were talking about sickness. Yes. And of course, absolutely ironic, isn't it? Jenny Barnett and Petri Hoskin go down with something. Somebody said there's a flu bug or something doing the rounds. Have you... F- really? Yeah. Oh, golly. Oh, well, go, go and dose yourself up. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. He'll be in tomorrow, you know, he's a trooper. Troopers always are in tomorrow. There's no way that Anthony would ever be sick. He can't be, he's got holiday coming up, I think. <laughs> Poor soul. Anyway, oh, I must tell you, before I go any further, I got a phone call the other day. And uh, first of all, somebody say, oh, Jenny Barnett's sick, but that's okay. Because James Max uh, could rush in because he was sitting outside, and uh, I think he waits there just in case. I think he's I think he's bugged one of the desks, and so if he hears that somebody's going to be sitting, he goes, "I I can do that." Oh, he brings in <laughs> he brings in the bug. Oh, right, he brings in the bugs. So poor poor old Jenny Barnett goes sick, and then blow me down. <laughs> a few hours later, Petri Hoskin goes sick. And a friend of mine phoned me. He said, "How are you feeling?" I said, "Fine." He said, "You know, there's this bug doing the rounds." I said, "Not for me." Not from I don't I, I don't I don't do sickness I'm afraid, I've got ear problems at the moment. I've got an ear problem. I've got this ear infection, so I've got to go back to the doctor to try and get some antibiotics for that. Apart from that, it's going to be a nice day. Oh, and then so they they phoned me from work, and I said uh, hi Steve, and I went hi Chris. It was Chris Lowry, and uh, I said okay. He said how are you? I said I'm good. I'm I'm currently uh, negotiating the checkout at Waitrose, going in there, and I bought blackberries, and I was thinking how nice. British blackberries, until I got home and looked at the packet and it went, Mexico. They're not even British, they come from Mexico. I was quite dead, but they were nice. Two for four pounds. So I, I bought those and I said, I'm just, you know, buying some bits and pieces and chatting away. And he said, oh, he said, um, can you do Christo's show on Saturday night? And I said, yes, without thinking. I just, I, I, I was sort of in such a good mood. I was sort of looking at my blackberries and uh, and, some other, and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do Christo's show Saturday night. So I get home, and I think, right, I'm doing Christo's show Saturday night. And he said, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow, he said, and let you know who the, who the producer is and who's driving. Because I like to know who the producer is and who's actually driving a programme, because it makes a bit of a difference to me. Some people are fussy about, you know, have we got any blue Smarties in the, in the tube, and, have, you know, is the right water there, and, you know, have, have we put flop wallpaper up? I mean, I still do that anyway, but I like to know who the producer and who the, who the driver is, because I like people to sit and concentrate. I don't like people who wander off. You know, I, I can't bear... Sometimes... I'm not trying to And she's like, she's got her nail varnish. She's doing the nails, you know, and stuff like that. And sometimes she just turns around and looks at the wall thinking, I don't know, blue, what do you reckon? Should it be red? I don't know. And she takes photographs and stuff like that. So I, I like to know these things. And then I found out how long this programme is. It's four hours. <laughs> now, I haven't done a four-hour programme for some time. I'm not saying I can't do a programme for four hours. I find, it, I find it quite easy to do programmes anyway. And so four hours. And then they said, oh, by the way, you'll have a buddy with you. Oh, what, what, like a dog or something? And I said, no, 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 you'll actually have somebody who'll come in and sort of, you know, help you through the programme. Oh, that's nice. I said, who? I said, well, I don't, who do you want? I said, I don't know, no idea. And apparently there's a list of people who do it with sort of Christo, so I'll, I'll have a look through that tomorrow. And then we'll be here on Saturday. And incidentally, yes, I am here on Sunday as well. So you've got me seven days this week. Woo! <laughs> so, yes, in fact, I'll, I'll, yes, I'll, I'll start at six and finish at ten, and then I'll, I'll drive home. And I'll probably get about five hours sleep, which would be... I'll, I could do five... Then I'll be back in again. Because some people survive on two hours. You see, I, five hours is quite a long time for me. So I'll, I'll be good on that. Uh, anyway, on the programme this morning, we'll have a chat to uh, Darren a little bit later. We'll have a chat to um, Alan Dodgen, who's not with us in the studio. He's, uh, he's elsewhere. I can't remember where he is, but he, he's definitely somewhere. And uh, the news this morning is that Jerry Halliwell is to spice up the X Factor. 
Do you know, you would have thought in the year 2010 we can kind of forget about the Spice Girls. Why do we have to put down Jerry Halliwell, ex-Spice Girl? It was so many blooming years ago, she walked out on them, you know, and thus led to the, the collapse of the whole thing. She was always the most useless one in the Spice Girls. She was... All right, no, I take that back. The producer says, no, Posh was the most useless. You're right, actually. Posh was the one who didn't sing, didn't dance, and had a face like a... The camera was never on her because she just looked miserable. And Jerry Halliwell was the one wearing the Union Jack thing who planted a kiss, I think, on Prince Charles's cheek. And he's... I think she pinched his bottom. She might have done something like that. Whatever it was, she was a bit racy-pacy, always a bit desperate. And then they did a documentary on her, and you suddenly realise she was mad as a brush. Completely mad as a March hare. I was invited to a party out at her place when she had a house in the country. And I didn't go. I mean, because frankly, I think I was washing the cat or something that day. It's something far more interesting. And um, so there, there she is. She's going to spice up the X Factor by being its first guest judge. She's going to step in for Danny Minogue. Oh, riveting. Jerry, 37 will be giving of her expertise on how to be a Turkish game show host, probably. And, because uh, that is her career, ladies and gentlemen. Turkish game show host. Other stars mooted as stand-ins. Lily Allen. So I walked up the stairs and what do I see? A load of people singing for me. And she'll just sort of be giving her own. Like one of her songs, isn't it? And uh, Charlotte Church. <gasps> and I don't have Gavin here today. Gavin and me have finished. I've had enough of him. I'm out of love. Actually, I feel a bit sorry for Tina O'Brien because Ryan, who was in Coronation Street with her, uh, they actually split. And he apparently turned around to her and said, I'm not in love with you anymore. And so she went, what? He said, I'm not in love with you. And that's it. And finished and walked out. And she went, I went from being, you know, uh, a mum with, with a baby and a boyfriend to being a mum with a baby and no boyfriend. And she said, I put on weight. She said, I just started putting on weight. She said, because he just, it was so matter of fact. But anyway, she's got a new boyfriend now, so that's OK, because they all forget about it very, very quickly. There's uh, more on this story about the fox. I find it absolutely unbelievable, this day and age of fox, because we've got foxes around our way. Everybody's got foxes in London. And most of our ones around our way, they won't come anywhere near you. You go near them, and they, they, they run away, and then they stop, and then they turn, because they like to put a good distance between you and, uh, and the person. This one goes into a house and savages two, uh, two babies. Dreadful here. The parents are uh, talking about it in the in the paper today. Absolutely dreadful. It really is. Um, more on the, the amount of people who've now crawled out of the woodwork to claim that they were dating uh, this man, Derek Bird, the taxi driver. They've actually come out. There's a woman here, and she dated him for four years and told last night of her terror uh, that he would kill her during his rampage because she dumped him. You'd think, you'd, you know, I mean, why do you want to talk about this? I'm not, I'm not really interested. I find it, find it very depressing. GMTV to the max, they've got here. That's not James Max, it's the dowager Penny Smith, who retired on Friday. They did everything apart from give the game old bird 78 bumps. There was an appearance from Ross Kelly, a cheery live link-up to John Stapleton at the site of the Cumbrian Massacre, which I thought was a little bit strange. A specially commissioned portrait... It'll hang alongside the Rosetta Stone in the British Museum. And, um, and, a, and a lovely interruption from our very own Lorraine Kelly, who revealed that Penny Smith has the body of a 20-year-old tied up underneath her bed. <laughs> Which is such a good line, actually. And uh, her, just the two of us partner, Curtis Steigers, had also flown in from Denver. And uh, it was just fantastic. Penny Smith, incidentally, is 103. And uh, it's my, we like Penny Smith a lot. And Ali Ross says today, echoing what we said before, the Lord giveth 
and the Lord taketh away. And so, as David Dickinson vanishes out of one door, another one opens and reveals, oh, jeez, no, Peter Chuffin Andre. And there he is. It's the Five O'Clock Show on Channel 4, a programme modestly described by the host as a fairly small television acorn. Though as Peter Andre demonstrated so heroically, from small telly acorns do mighty squirrel turds grow. And there it was, the Five O'Clock Show. If it's going to have any future, it needs to stop pretending that it's the Paul O'Grady Show. Screen it live and start celebrating the man's rather endearing stupidity, because this one is dumb, dumb, dumb. Peter Andre's great line, highlight of the first week, was the moment he asked Danny Wallace, Did you know Yes Man with Jim Carrey was written by you? Uh, hmm? Well, maybe. And we also like the response he got from his TV reviewer to the question, Alone Among Grizzlies. What's that about? It's about a man who's alone with some grizzlies. However, the moment I knew we were dealing with potential greatness was the Q&A he conducted with an Olympic hopeful who was holding a six-foot longbow in three arrows while stood next to a giant target. Uh, so what sport is it you're doing, buddy? Goes Peter Andre. I mean, they really don't come any thicker. As everybody says, he, he really is, you know, the people's moron. Poor old Peter Andre. You know, nice bloke, but frankly, dear, get off the television. You're not a television host. You're not even a very good guest. You're a bit chuffing awful, I'm afraid. Sweet thing. And uh, Radio Times to Katie Brand. When did you first become aware you were funny? And the answer, and how did you manage to keep it secret from the rest of the world? So there you go. So no more Peter Andre. Please, on the television, he's not very good. Perhaps you could team him up with Christine Bleakley. All right, mate. Hiya. Could be a fantastic show. And uh, as proven on this programme, and I said before, and I had a couple of uh, dreary numpties who came out of the woodwork to go, of course Robbie's going to go back with Take That. No, he's not. No, he's not. Take That and Gary Barlow. You notice how Gary Barlow has manipulated Robbie beautifully. So cleverly. What's he done? He gets him over to his studio in America, because Robbie doesn't have a studio. Robbie just watches... Sky News all day, and uh, and looked a bit a bit tubby at the football match. The little clips I saw, poor old fat boy, and also the smoking is taking its toll on Robbie. He's now looking a bit a bit old, you know, the fake tan, but the grey hair. You know, you're in you were in a boy band, and uh, and how did Gary Barlow turn it round? Get some pictures of Robbie going into Gary's studio in America. Start the speculation with all the critics that take that are going to be getting back together. No, they don't want him back for good or forever or for a night or for a weekend or, in fact, at all, because they're quite happy and they're very successful without him. But Gary Barlow, a little bit of a challenge. I tell you what, let's see if I can get a song on his greatest hits album. Do you know, I've managed it. And all I've had to do is sit down and say, why don't we just write, write a song together? Bury the hatchet. So Gary Barlow writes a song... I should imagine Robbie being true to tradition probably wrote one line, you know, like, and down the waterfall, because that's such a good line. And Gary Barlow's got a hit on this album, which they're releasing as a single. So it's going to be Robbie and Gary together. But the good thing is, if you really want to add a little bit more weight to it, Gary Barlow turns up at the football match on Saturday with his son. Nobody else from Take That. And is pictured with his arm around Robbie Williams. I mean, the single is guaranteed to be number one. And Gary Barlow puts more money in Gary Barlow's coffers. The boy is a genius. Quarter past five. These are the headlines. The Chancellor, George Osborne, sets out a framework later for the introduction of what are described as painful spending cuts. 
One of the twin girls attacked by a fox while she slept in her cot has been transferred to Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital. And Apple's unveiled the latest version of the iPhone, the 4G. It has a stainless steel case, two cameras, a better display, and it's thinner. Just what I aspire to being. Let's have a check on the roads. For you this morning, it's Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Well, now, because of all the rain we've had over... Yeah! 18 minutes past five... Steve Allen's Tuesday morning, it's early breakfast, it's June the 8th, and it's going to rain. Which actually I don't mind, because some seagull pooed on my car yesterday. And I can't be... Bu- I carry cloths in the boot just to do things like this. But uh, they do it, they always do it, don't they? You can always guarantee, you've just washed the car or hung out the washing. And pff, not that I hang out the washing, I want you to understand I never hang out washing. I have people who do for me, that would, be, that would be very common. I don't do common. Somebody said to Anthony earlier on, they sent him in a text message going, do you, why, why don't you like sport? And he went, I just don't. You know, it's dull. And most of the people who write in about sport, they couldn't play it. They're, they're generally fat numpties. So, well, they just stand there and go, Ref, you are a oya. bit like that. I was talking <laughs> I was talking to my driver, Mohammed this morning, because we both got the iPad. In fact, it's, it's, it's a one-upmanship game uh, on who can get the most gadgets. Although I have a laser pen he doesn't have. And he, he actually knows how to use it. All right, just because he knows how to use it. I've got more apps than he has. I've got more apps, I discovered. But... He's, he's vegetarian, you see, and, and so, because immediately she likes him. And he said to me, we were talking about, uh, you know, drinks and stuff like that, and I was telling him about coconut milk, and he said that his, his dad, where they live in India, they've actually got coconut trees, and they cut down, and they, they drink it every day, and they've got um, uh, mangoes, trees, and everything. He said, but over here, he said, because his, his wife makes drinks for him, he said, have you ever tried avocado and milk? Well, I'd never heard of it either. He said... Avocado, peel, peel the skin off, take out the stone, quite rightly, cut it up into pieces, into a blender, with a bit of milk and a little bit of sugar to taste. Delicious, he says. I said, I've never... I said, are you sure? I said, where did this come from? He said, the wife. So she obviously makes these drinks. She goes through books. So avocado and milk. Now, there might be other people listening who go, we've been drinking it for donkey's years. But I've never heard of it. Avocado and milk. It seems such a strange combination. But if it works for you, do let me know. I'd love to find out if avocado and milk is the way forward. (laughs) The Spice Girls were popular with the majority. Steve makes me wary of democracy. Steve, why not have Amanda as your buddy on Saturday's show? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Besides, Saturday night, that's where she goes out partying. She's a party girl. What have you got there? What have you got there? Oh, the logbook. I thought you were holding my iPad. I thought you'd pinch my iPad and you were walking in with it. Stephen Harlington says, if Penny Smith has got the body of a 20-year-old, she should give it back. She's ruining it. It's an old gag, isn't it, about Penny Smith? Apparently, um, it's... it's um, I forgot what I was going to say, actually. No, it, it, I forgot what I was going to say, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, your Christine Bleakley impression makes me laugh every time, says Steve. Lovely. And you're so right. Where have all the classy presenters gone? Well, there's nobody on the television. There is nobody on the television. Every time I turn on, they go, and it's a celebrity-based programme. You can bet your bottom dollar it's either going to be some third-rate footballer's little tart or, or it's going to be somebody that you go, them. And when I was watching a little bit of the football the other day on the television, I was going, and here are the... Well, I wasn't watching. I was watching to see how fat Robbie Williams had become, and I wasn't wrong. But I was looking to see the British celebrities that they wheeled out. Patrick Kilty. Jonathan Wilkes. Ollie Muirs. What? That's the best we can get. People who aren't even on the scale 
of celebrityism. You know, I mean, I realised why Ollie Muirs was there because because um, Robbie Williams mentored him, didn't he, in the X Factor? Also, when I say mentored him, I mean Robbie Williams can't sing either. But it was they had all these people there, and I was looking at them thinking they're not. These aren't proper celebrities. The footballers were the proper celebrities. The rest of it was obviously the best that they, they could get. Whereas over, I'm afraid, in La La Land, and for that read, the cage fighter and his peculiar-looking girlfriend, it's all gone a bit pear-shaped. Sorry, wife, I do beg your pardon. But they're going to get married again. It's all gone pear-shaped. Why? Because they don't know any celebrities. And the guest list... Uh, for this July wedding, is looking a bit thin on the ground. If the best you can manage is Danielle Lloyd, Emma B and Dane Bowers, you know you've hit rock bottom. And so what they've said is that Jordan needs to invite more celebrities. She doesn't know anybody. She doesn't know anybody at all. You only had to see the television programme for her New Year's Eve party, where she invited loads of people, and she managed to get the two, two gay guys, one of whom who attempts to do makeup, and the other one does something interesting with MDF, but really needs cosmetic surgery, and needs to do something with that face which is looking more ravaged by the day. And they're the only celebrity. They don't know anybody else. What she knows is ordinary people, but unfortunately, ordinary people we don't want to see in the page of the magazine, because they'll all be sprayed brown, and they all look a bit... Oh, look a bit naff. They don't look right. So apparently they have asked uh, Dane Bowers to do to to be the DJ at their UK blessing, and he hasn't committed himself because he's really like desperate for the work. He's he's actually said it depends on the date and whether I'm free. <laughs> the, I mean, the, put it this way: Jordan is so so desperate that in in a bid to target a potential bridesmaid, she started cozying up to Melinda Messenger. Well, of course, Melinda Messenger will be there because she has the same DIY man doing her makeup that trowels it on Jordan. It's the same gay boy who, with his boyfriend, makes the stuff out of MDF. So, of course, Melinda will be there. But I mean, at thirty-nine, she's a bit of an ancient flower girl, isn't she? To be a bridesmaid. How old are you, darling? Thirty-nine. You look fifty. She's the one who couldn't work with Ian Wright, you know, because he wouldn't let her get a word in edgewise, and so she left the show. She went, I'm not, uh, I'm not working with him anymore. So she upped and left, and, uh, and we got that strange bloke out of that group's wife, uh, I can't remember now, Matt Willis. Matt Willis's wife is doing it. She's not very good either. Poor soul. I mean, but they're obviously on television now. They've got so desperate, they'll shove anybody on. You know, any old Tom, Dick and Harry, or somebody who slept with somebody famous, they go, well, would you like to... You can be a presenter. And they think it works. They don't realise that you watch them for the first day out of curiosity. But if somebody's no good, click, off goes the switch. I'm afraid I watched Peter Andre day one. I watched a tiny bit on day two, and then click, off went the switch. Because there are better programmes. You know, when you flick round the dial, you've got presenters like Noel Edmonds, you've got professional news people. I don't want to see any more quizzes. I really don't. I'm sick to death of quizzes. I'm sick to death of the eggheads. And uh, Judith the other day, jo- Judith, Judith, a million pounds. And very good on, uh, on the quiz uh, thing. And Judith uh, lives in Fulham, and she's very rich, and she got a million pounds. And she told him off yesterday. She told off Dermot Murnahan because he said, oh, he said, here you are, a sport question. She said, stop it, stop it, stop it. And he didn't say anything. She said, listen, you're just putting me off. And she was quite, you can imagine Judith in, in the, in the greengrocers. Stop it, stop it now. Stop it. She's getting very, anyway, she, she got the question wrong. She said to him, I told you, Stop it. Don't do it again. Apparently, if you mention that, oh, she became quite aggressive. Nasty little piece of work. Oh, but I, So, eggheads I can't watch. It's like turning on television early hours of the morning. The time I get up, I have to turn on the telly to find out if anybody's died. 
because I like to I like to catch up. I'm I'm sorry, it's one of those things you do, but you do like to find out if if somebody's died. And I go, oh, that's a shame because I like I like to know about these things. And what do we get? We get another bleach blonde bimbo, and for that read, the blokes as well as the girls, I'm afraid, and a roulette wheel. And they've all got it. And this is in the second quarter of the wheel. And this one's here. And well done to Numpty, Numpty 2, Numpty 3, and 4. You've got four pounds. It's, it appeals to the lowest common denominator. It really is mind-numbingly dull television, presented by mind-numbingly boring people. The one on ITV was possibly the lowest of the low. I mean, it's just... And I'm going to explain to you how, how it works. No, the question is, we're going to show you how we part you from your money very quickly. Because what occurred to me on the ITV wheel this morning was that the number three was very popular. In the half an hour that I watched, 33 came up twice. 13, 3 and 37. All, the th- all these threes. I thought, you know, if your wheel's properly balanced, it would be dreadful, wouldn't it? But people sit there and watch it and they bet on a reality show on the television. And then, and then the, these people who are presenting it seem to think that we're interested in their personality. The people who are watching it aren't interested in that. They just want to win some money and then they want to go and spend it on something else. They don't want to watch you prancing backwards and forwards. And they seem to get rid of no end of presenters. They seem to do about 15 minutes. Then the next one comes on. And at one time the presenter used to spin the wheel... Now they have somebody else doing it. It's like Newsround on the BBC. The BBC still wasting your money um, in a huge way. Newsround's now got two presenters. It's like if you watch the farming programme, or, sorry, Country File, which I do like, it's got about 12 presenters on a piddly little programme like that whose audience is so small you can, it falls off the scale. 12 presenters and teams of camera crews and everything else. So far from the BBC making savings, they're wasting even more of your money. I did mention Robbie Williams, and uh, it's going to be the lead single on the Robster's Greatest Hits album. Don't know he had any greatest hits, actually. I mean, how many hit singles did Robbie Williams... How many can you name? I wouldn't have thought for an album, but apparently uh, the greatest hits, 1990 to 2010. Really? Well, I think we'll have to find out what... The, can we find out what these hits are? I'm sure it must be on the internet somewhere. It's going to be out, uh, this album, on October the 4th. Oh, sorry, the single is out on October the 4th and the album on October the 11th. It's not going to be listing out now. Robbie says, the great thing about my album is that it's not only a celebration of my past, but a bridge to the future. Yes, dear, of course it is. As long as you believe that, that's fine. I think think perhaps an album with Jonathan Wilkes could be an absolute winner as a fruit bowl. LBC 97. Well, you've already 28 minutes to six is the time. It's going to be another miserable day. It's not as bright as it was yesterday. Yesterday it was quite bright and then it rained a little bit. And uh, today, according to the uh, the weather from Richard Hakey, a cloudy start, outbreaks of rain, heavy at times. So I brought my little umbrella with me because I think you need to do that. The high 19 centigrade. They say cooler than yesterday, currently 13 degrees. Pollen count is low. And they say this afternoon, heavy thundery showers. You have been warned. Does make me laugh. I tell people every day, I say, right, it's going to rain today. Take a little umbrella. You can buy little tiny umbrellas, you know, small things. You don't have to take some huge thing you lug around everywhere. And But you still see people standing in doorways. It's a bit of water. Other countries, they stand and you go, rain, hooray, it's raining. Over here we go, I'm getting wet. Well, it's standing in the shower, isn't it? I see the front cover of OK magazine, the same old drearies, I'm afraid, are gracing it. This time, Kim Marsh, why I've cancelled my dream wedding. We should cancel your appearance in Coronation Street and go somewhere else, dear. Uh, Tony Terry, John plays our wedding music in bed. Yeah, not to you, though, dear. <laughs> 
And uh, that's so mean, isn't it? But there you go, John Terry. What a lovely family they really are. What a charming family. Alex Gerrard. This is the woman who goes out with her curlers in and yet still manages to look like a dog's dinner because they all go out with a Croydon facelift. I never understand what is the point of women going out with big curlers in, like Hilda Ogden, and then, then they scrape their hair backwards. I've never seen poor old Alex Gerrard with anything else but the Croydon facelift. Her and, her and Colleen Rooney are like, you know, bookends. And also Jenny Faulkner, her star-studded wedding. That'll be everybody who used to work at GMTV, I should imagine. So you can wave at Penny Smith and Ben Shepherd. And I see Ben Shepherd, Ben Shepherd, Ben Shepherd, uh, at the football the other day, described as a TV presenter. Not on my television. I looked. Big Brother starts very shortly, and they've done a uh, a rundown on the previous winners and what they've earned. Uh, they say that Craig, since uh, his win in two thousand, has earned five million pounds. Well, he has a building business. In Liverpool. He had a building business before he went in. That's why he was able to give his money away to charity. And uh, he was probably the most genuine. Poor old Brian, who won in 2001, A, has put on so much weight, but hasn't really earned very much. 350000 since 2001, which only works out about thirty nine grand a year. Well, the time you've taken off tax... It's not a lot of money, not for somebody who's been on television and exposed to all of that. He doesn't really... He just does voiceovers for... Close, he is exactly hasn't got a job. He does, does adverts for Closer magazine. Yeah, not bad for somebody with no job or no talent. Kate. I think that must be Kate Lawler. Uh, she's dating Adam Hollyoak, an account manager. She's earned 1.5 million. OK. But Brian Dowling is single and lives in South London. Yep, no surprise there, I'm afraid. But uh, famous for... Coming out to his family. Before Big Brother, he was an air steward. And um, he's going to launch his new show, The Salon, on Ireland's TV3. Let me give you a rough idea. Over in Ireland, they have RTE and a couple of main channels. And by the time you get down to TV3, it's watched by two shepherds and, and a kookaburra sitting in a tree. It's, it's that desperate. And it's, in The Salon, he's going to learn to be a beautician and body artist. Not really sure whether or not that's the, that's the, the way forward. Exactly, but he says that my highlight was winning. It was just amazing. Lovely, thank you, darling. And uh, Kate Lawler presents uh, a radio show. She's going to launch her own record label. And uh, she says, uh, best bits when Johnny and Spencer tried to sneak over to the rich side to steal chocolate. Oh, dear Spencer. We remember Spencer, don't we? wonder where he went to. Disappeared completely, I'm afraid. Uh, Cameron Stout is a fish trader, was. Now he writes columns and motoring bits for his local paper. He's earned 150000 since 2003. So they've all earned roughly the same. Nadia uh, lives in Woking. She was the Portuguese. Uh, she's set to launch her own jewellery range, Yamuto. Lovely. It's taken her long enough. Uh, poor old Anthony Hutton is single and lives in Newcastle. I know. Getting a bit geriatric now at 28. Famous for a steamy night in the pool with Makosi. He was an apprentice hairdresser, and now he's about to open his first salon, The Dogs, question mark, after that. So I think we know what that's going to be. And uh, life-changing, I came from a working-class family. Everybody came from a working-class family, unless you're titled. I'm sick to death of people waving this working-class family rubbish over their heads like it was something we've never heard of. Everybody came from a working-class family. I came from a working-class family. Amanda definitely came from a working-class family. Everybody did. Unless you were brought up in the royal family, you came from a working-class family. It is rubbish, the things they... Oh, I, I brought myself up from working-class family. We're all doing it. We all do it. Uh, Pete Bennett was the uh, Tourette syndrome guy. Uh, he, they say he's at one and a half million. 
And uh, Brian Bello lives in Billericay and is single. Not at all surprised there. Uh, he was famous for claiming he'd never heard of Shakespeare. And uh, he says, uh, life changing. I got a mortgage at 20 and was invited to Downing Street last December for a party. Yeah, but that's all you've done, isn't it, Brian? In fact, you've actually just wasted... In fact, they've all wasted their lives, except somebody like Craig. They have! They've done nothing. Nobody... Well, put this way, they haven't done anything. If the best it can earn through being on television for 13 weeks is 39 grand a year before tax, that's called wasting your life. The only person who's done well is Craig, who has built his business up, worked hard on television, earned five million. The rest of them, Anthony, 200,000 quid. What a waste of a television. What a waste. God, dear. I mean, Rachel, to be honest, I've got no idea who Rachel is, but I'm assuming she's one of these. Oh, she was from... um, uh, South Wales. She was dubbed the boring one for being so normal. She was a trainee teacher. Now she's a secondary school teacher in drama and music. So in other words, what was the point of going on television, darling? You'd have progressed to this anyway. Life-changing. I used the money for a deposit on our house and it meant I could afford to finish my teacher training and do some charity work. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's marvellous, isn't it? Sophie Reed was from Nantwich, lives in North London and is single. She changed her name by deed poll to Dogface. I remember her, actually. Yeah, and uh, also her 30 double G chest. Before Big Brother, she was a glamour model. After Big Brother, she's a slightly older glamour model, but she's still there. And uh, life-changing. I say my life's changed a lot. I get to go to all these parties and do lots of TV work. I'm so sorry, Sophie. I'm sorry, Sophie. I haven't seen any of the channels you're on. I mean, perhaps I need to go and check uh, your CV. But she says the money meant I could buy a nice apartment in London. Let me just explain that you win 100,000, I think. I don't know which area you're buying a nice apartment in London, darling, but a nice apartment in London probably starts about two million. You know, I mean, you can probably get... Cause where, where are you from? Oh, you're from Cheshire. Actually, you couldn't even afford anything in Cheshire now. Cheshire has really, really gone through the roof. But since the show, she's earned £150,000. And she's glamour model, which is quite nice. You know, it's, that's good news, isn't it? If that, of course, is your calling in life... Matt says, not sure about avocado and milk, but half a pint of Coca-Cola and half a pint of milk. Both must be really cold. Sounds disgusting. No, that really does sound disgusting. And uh, I would think, actually, that's practically part way to a heart attack nowadays. Um, somebody says, I didn't think you'd go to the gym to have good apps. Yes. Harriet says, avocado and milk is a Brazilian drink. Ah, well, it's moved over as well. And Tess says, I'm on my way to work and listening to you. Makes my day. Lovely. Anna says, why don't you ask your friend Alan Dodgen to join you as your buddy? He's not my friend. He's not a friend. No, do not mistake a contributor for a friend. I mean, frankly, I mean, Alan doesn't have my... You know when he says on the programme, oh, I phoned Steve the other day. He doesn't. He he doesn't have my number. Because all these people, they're just people we use on the programme. What he has to do, he has to phone Amanda. Amanda then phones me and says, Alan uh, would like to talk to you. And I then go and stand in a phone box in Twickenham at a certain time, and he will call the phone. I don't give my number. Oh, good heavens above. I don't do anything like that at all. The very idea that these people might actually phone you at all hours of the day and uh, Steve, what? It's Alan. Go away. You know, I don't do that. Dee says, I think I've got the bug. I've been dizzy. So dizzy I can't stand up. I feel sick too. 
Steve, I'd leave you something in my will, except I haven't got a will or very much to leave. Do you know, I was secretly hoping the other day, it's strange the things you think about. I, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be funny if, if, if somebody died listening to this programme? Probably quite a few people have died listening to it. I know I've certainly died presenting it. And it turned out they were a multi-billionaire from Kazakhstan. And they decided they'd listen to the programme and they were going to leave me ev- everything. And, I, and, and you get a phone call from a solicitor and they go, we've decided to leave you... £56 million, and we've left something to your producer as well. And I thought that would be really nice, you know, and, and here's a piece of rock from Kazakhstan for your producer. And there it is. And it's got your name engraved on it and the day that we gave you £56 million. Because I've always said, if ever I got anything like that, I would look after her. I would take her out for a happy meal because she likes the free toys. She's collecting the free toys at the moment. There's no point in spoiling... There's no point in spoiling her with money. I know what you're saying. You're saying, you know, give her some millions. She's not... She's never had millions. There's no point in her having it now. Whereas I'm used to handling money. I'm used to having lots of money around me at home. You know, I've always got pound notes all over the place here and fivers and stuff. She's not used to having it. She's got loose change. You know, she doesn't... In fact, she hasn't even got loose change today. Because sometimes she goes, I couldn't lend me 50p, could you? So what for? I make her sign an affidavit and everything. I'm not handing over 50p like that to, to some perfect stranger. I wouldn't lend it to Alan Dodgen. I make him sign an affidavit. No, I wouldn't. Nobody would lend to Alan Dodgen. <laughs> Noreen says, we're going to get the green line up to Oxford Street. Free for us oldies. I said to you, what did I say to you before? Get a bus. Just get on a bus. I think if you really want a good day out, and, you, and, and if you're a pensioner, just get on a bus and go wherever it goes to. Don't even look at the front of it. Just get on. and go, it, it can be an adventure. Get off the other end. You know, have a look around. If you don't like it, just get on another... Go somewhere. Because if it's free, why would you worry about it? You don't need to go anywhere in particular. You might end up and think, oh, let's go to a garden centre. or Just do anything. Just do something. It's free. I know some of you listening will be going, well, actually, I'm not very good at walking. You can get to the bus stop. You can get to the bus stop. Phone somebody out. Take advantage of being elderly. Phone up a neighbour and go, you wouldn't do me a favour. And they'll go, yes, of course. You go, could you lift me down to the bus stop, please? Take advantage. It's well worth it. Love some of the stories yesterday about going sick. I know. I'm sur- I bet some of the ones we got in yesterday were from Jenny and Petri. Well, that was so funny. Well, there's us doing sick stories about if people take time off sick. And then Jenny goes. She came in and then she went sick and then Petri goes sick. I hope it's not this bug doing the rounds. But many, many years ago, says Noreen, I went to see Chelsea play Man U at Old Trafford on a Wednesday night. My immediate bosses gave me the OK, but we told the big boss I was at a wedding. Next day, my boss said I was on the TV dozens of times as the match was on sports night, and I was right by the corner flag. As I worked there for another 30 years, I think I got away with it. So you should do too. I've, I've never done that. I really haven't. I don't think I've ever lied to not going to work. Mainly because, as Anthony said earlier on, I, I like my job. Why would you not? I mean, admittedly, there's a downside. I'm going to work with her next door. But, I mean, apart from that, you know, why would you not enjoy it? You come in every morning... You know, I, I, I looked at the clock this morning as I was sitting there in front of the television thinking, it's quarter past two and I'm sitting in, in you know, while most people are still partying, you know, go, woo, he's going to have a doner kebab and a, you know, a pizza and some dreadfully deep fried chicken wings and rubbish like that, which people eat in the early hours of the morning. And I'm sitting here having a shave, ready to go into Leicester Square to go to work. And I can't think of, I can't think of a nicer way to spend your life, really. It is strange, is it, when you actually think it is your life? I'm sure Because as Penny Smith was saying, it's her first day yesterday where she didn't have to get up early. And, uh, and she said she, she, she quite liked the idea of, of staying in bed, she said, but she missed all the people she worked with. And I thought, well, that, that would probably sum it up. But um, I, 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 would, I would miss getting up early in the morning. I like getting up early in the morning. London's lovely at this time. Rubbish, Lota. Rubbish, Lota. I know other people go, uh, uh. And poor old Stella's Cafe. 
in Twickenham, pictures in the Steve Allen brochure, available at all shows, um, is no more. Stella's Cafe's gone, the Riverside Cafe's gone. It's now going to be a Chinese takeaway. They've stripped out the inside, but it's one of these Chinese takeaways where you can watch them cooking. And I've often thought, if you take a small chair with you, you can watch, so you might better learn how to do Chinese cooking. I quite fancy that idea. But the, the reason that we can't do it and the Chinese do it is because they're cooking on gas very, very high heat. Really, really high heat. Whereas I don't like to get the wok dirty. So all this idea of seasoning the wok, not for me. Thank you very much. And I cook on electric. And exactly. And my food has got a load of flavour because I have sprouts. And yesterday I had sprouts again. I've got this thing. They are in season in Marks and Spencers. They're sprouts. They're fresh sprouts. They're little tiny. I don't care where they're from. They're fresh sprouts. And they're in season. I, mean, I should bring you some in tomorrow, actually. You should enjoy them. That yeah, <laughs> makes a change from the usual kind of rubbish we bring in. And I did buy a cake yesterday. I bought a cake. I put it in the cupboard. I don't want to eat it. I just saw it and I thought... I don't want to eat it. I put it in the cu- I might eat it tomorrow. I don't know. I'm having withdrawal symptoms after coming off wine for nine days. Look at me, nine days, honestly. Makes it sound like giving up smoking, doesn't it? It's uh, 14 to 6. These are the headlines. George Osborne sets out a framework later for the introduction of what he describes as painful spending cuts. Yesterday, the Prime Minister said the lifestyles of everyone in Britain will be affected over the coming years. One of the twin baby foxes attacked by a fox, at, uh, twin baby girls attacked by a fox at their home in East London has been transferred to Great Ormond Street for more treatment. And striking British Airways cabin crew are going to Parliament later to put their case to MPs. They're expected to say there's a climate of fear at the airline. Let's have a check on the state of the roads for you. With a finger on the pulse, it's J. Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Going to start with the tubes, actually, where we've got problems with... 13 to 6, lots more on the avocado milkshake. This after Mohammed said to me that he drinks it. Avocado with milk and a bit of sugar to taste. And Deirdre says it's heavenly. It's a staple in Indonesia. Apart from avocado blended with milk, it's sweetened with a spoonful of coconut sugar, a brown treacly kind of sugar made from coconuts. Or for that kick, chocolate syrup can also be added. It's beginning to sound like a recipe for a heart attack. Avocado is also used as a moisturiser. Fresh avocado is mashed up, mixed with water into a milky, lotiony paste and rubbed into freshly washed hair. Not for me, I'm afraid. And left there to infuse for up to 30 minutes. And you can use it as a body mask after a good scrub with ground avocado seed. Every Indonesian villager uses avocado and other tropical fruit unprocessed as beauty, beauty products. I've used an avocado f- face mask, much to my embarrassment. I don't know why I've told you that this morning. But I have everybody's used it. You see these things here. And here's, here's a very good thing for exfoliating. I'm very good at trying new products. I mean, all this rubbish about take one bottle into the shower. I've got about 15 bottles I take into the shower. I've got everything. Absolutely everything. At the moment, I'm going a little bit berserk on body shop shower gels, which are mandarin, grapefruit, strawberry. And they're really fantastic. You can still smell them even a few hours after you've been there. They're absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and I buy those, and they always do the same thing. I find it a bit tedious going in body shop, because they always ask you about, you know, would you like one of our cards? No, I don't want any cards, thank you very much indeed. I just want to come in and buy the stuff and leave. I don't want an interrogation process. I must use Richer Sounds, as they came top of the ratings a short while ago for one of the best shops. Lakeland, who are the, uh, the plastics company, do very well. I've got to try their, their shop in Kingston. I'll let you know about that. And... Uh, Dean says, I agree with you about Peter Andre. I saw the programme yesterday. Load of old rubbish. Bring back Paul O'Grady. Well, he's making all the money out of it because it's his company that make it. But Peter Andre, you know, he's very sweet, but he's not a, he's not a television presenter. He has no experience of television presenting. 
and it's patently obvious. He, he tries things, does it for a little while, and then they go, thanks very much indeed. They just do it to get publicity, because they know that if they say Peter Andre's presenting, people go, oh, Peter Andre. He's a bit like Jordan. She hasn't got any particular talent, apart from being foul-mouthed Jordan, who seems to have a, a gripe with the entire world, and uh, doesn't have anything really going on at the moment. So she's got to think of something. So we've got the wedding, and then hopefully she'll get pregnant again, and then so the cycle goes on. Although it's only certain certain papers that, that print anything about them at all. Uh, same as yourself, says Paul in Manchester. Did watch Peter Andre for all of five minutes. Utter dross. However, as Katie doesn't have anybody else to ask the wedding, as Dane is doing the music, is Gareth Gates' best man. <laughs> Very cruel. Very cruel. Gareth Gates. Hello, Gareth, would you like to um, come to the wedding? You remember Katie, don't you? She certainly remembers you. That was the disaster, wasn't it, about poor old Gareth Gates... And him saying, no, I did not have relations with that woman. And she said, yes, you did. And uh, he said, no, I didn't. And she said, yes, you did. And I can prove it, which was a bit difficult. Uh, Dawn, it's been a bit... Steve Hargrave, apparently, is uh, in San Francisco. He's doing the Toy Story 3. I don't know when he's back either. He never tells me anything. Is, it, is Steve Hargrave's... What? What? Cold. I know, dear. It's cold, isn't it? Why don't you get a jumper or something? Sure, we could go to a third world country and find somebody to nitch you one at coconut palms or something. <laughs> I'll just say he's he's apparently in the at the Pixar studio for Toy Story three. Yes, he's not on. Is he's not on tomorrow? Right. Okay. Has he spoken to us then? Oh, that's right. Nobody tells me anything. I'm just a stranger around here. Oh, don't. It doesn't matter really. Hardly worth mentioning it. No, don't bother me with trivialities. You know, is a guest on the show? No, they're not. They're over in America. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be a bit baffled, she says, as to why Steve sent the picture of him in bed. But in fact, in answer to the question, he says, my favourite thing about coming into LBC is not coming into LBC. There aren't many professions where you can do a bit of your job lying in bed. I'm not sure whether or not the mannequin he's got in his photo has anything to do with it. I'm a little bit perturbed by that one, but never mind. Is that the girlfriend? We think that's the girlfriend. There's a joke there somewhere, but I'm not going to use it on the programme. And uh, going to see Bon Jovi at the O2 Arena tonight. Really looking forward to it. Never been there before, but made sure I didn't buy seats on level four, because apparently it's very high up. But I've got pretty good seats on level one. I've never been there either. It's, it's huge. But I did see... There, uh, when I turned on the telly this morning, Dolly Parton was doing a concert. Do you know she sounds exactly the same singing as she does on record? No different at all. Really good crowd loved her, but I thought the funniest thing was that she finishes with a song about Jesus and it's all happy. It's a really good song. I think she writes fantastic songs. And because she was brought up in a little cabin and, you know, singing to the, you know, the hickory sticks and all the rest of it out there in the country. And I just love being in your little country. And I'm going to take you all back home with me again. And here's a song I wrote in 19... I think she's from China, I think, isn't she? And she's... Uh, and so she, she does this song, and all the, all the crowd love her, but then at the end of the show, she, she, she does her exit, then she comes back on, does the one more song, and then she gets off the stage, and in keeping... When, when I do my stage shows, I'm the same. You get off the stage, you wave, thank you, goodbye, walk off the stage, onto the tour bus, down to the airport, and she was off in an aeroplane while they were all still clapping along in the arena, which I thought was quite, uh, quite clever. The Osmonds used to do the same at the end of their, their shows. They would go, good night, everybody. And they'd go running off stage and they'd get on the tour bus, sweating in those white jumpsuits. And then they'd go back to the hotel and all have cheese on toast and go to bed. And that's it. I quite like the idea. Uh, Jeanette, I was just catching up on your podcast, Stephen. Here, heard you talking the other day about pet names. I felt compelled to tell you that my friend has an elderly relative who named her Poodle Gary. I know a few poodles called Gary. <laughs> I mean, we, we had this thing the other day when it turned out 
that uh, Johnny uh, has a has a, a cat, Johnny, who drives the programme on Sunday, called Frank. And this prompted us to ask people, you know, what you name your... And it turned out most of you are on medication, or certainly underneath the NHS, or under the local doctor, which is quite nice at times. And, uh, and you've all named your pet the most peculiar names. Nobody's got normal names for cats like Tiddles, or something like that. Apparently Tiddles is seen as a little bit old-fashioned, whereas Frank... Jed and all these other... They, these are sort of names for animals now. So we had a whole day of everybody talking about names for animals. Oh, and the Apple iPhone. Do you remember on Sunday we had the Apple iPhone? And the winner was Stephen from Surbiton, who had a bid of pound forty. He got the Apple iPhone, damn him, for pound forty. It was made at 909 56. Nine minutes past nine and 56 seconds. Well done. Congratulations on getting that. I'm very jealous. Have you seen the new Apple iPhone? I want. I want it. I've got to have it. It's thinner than the usual iPhone and it's got two cameras and it's not going to be released here for about another month and a half and we've got to find out how much the, uh, how much the price is as well. But I, I nearly choked on the coffee, but I cannot wait. I've seen it and what, I, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to, I'm going to try and find out. I cannot fly to America and go and buy an Apple iPhone. So what I'm going to do... Morning. Morning. It's like the management, doesn't it, or something? It's the management coming in. And uh, so I've looked at this iPhone and I thought to myself, I might have to go and buy one in America. I thought, no, don't be so stupid. Wait, wait. Because my one started playing up the other week. I got the iPhone and and I've, I've got all the apps on it. I've got my photos. I've got my different bits and pieces. And then I'm looking at it thinking, I definitely want a new one. And Darren came in on Sunday and he's got a new case and it's a sparkly case. It's a black case which has got glitter in it. And I was thinking, I've got to buy this case. And apparently it's on Amazon. So I've ordered two. Because you don't like to miss out. I've ordered two because inadvertently I ordered the first one here using my Amazon account. And then I got home and it had put itself back into my box again. So I ended up ordering another one. So I've now got two iPhone cases, which, to be honest with you, I don't really have a problem with. Because once they get dirty, and the one I'm using at the moment is a, it's quite a hard case, but, I'd, but the black one with glitter in it is kind of nice. It's the kind of thing you need. I mean, if you haven't got one, you're going to be a little bit sort of out on a limb. So I, I sort of bought that, and then when I was at it, I was trying to find an album I downloaded onto iTunes. Well, I'm blowed if I can find the thing. I've been around the world three times yesterday on my iPad, and, and I can't find it. And I wanted to sing along to this song on the train. Because I was on the train yesterday, reading my book on the iPad, and there's a woman sitting opposite me, and she's got an iPad as well. And she's reading a book too. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm, sort of, I'm, I'm trying to pretend I'm reading my book, but I'm really looking at her, thinking, I wonder what you're doing. And it wasn't until I stood up to go and drop, because I, I bought myself a bacon roll, and, and I dropped the, the wrapper. I shouldn't have had it. I was eating on the train. I was, the reason I was eating on the train is because I felt I was in need of something to keep me going for the journey. So... Uh, yeah, but I'm eating discreetly, whereas some people sit there, take it out the bag and start eating it. I'm, I'm doing it, I'm eating it practically behind a fan. I'm sort of holding up the thing and I'm, I'm sort of nibbling at it, which makes it look an awful lot better. And, and of course, it was disgusting. And, uh, and, then, and then people look... And then some woman sits opposite me and she starts doing her makeup again. And so I'm thinking... And I'm, sit, I'm making all the appropriate noises, like, ugh, ugh, like that. Think it with my mouth full. So I've now got all the bits of roll all down the front of me. I'm trying to look really graceful eating this thing. And it just does, I'm just rubbish at eating on the train. So I've decided in future I'm not going to eat on the train. Ever since I saw a man struggling through a Big Mac 
on a Friday night from Waterloo Station when he was three sheets to the wind. And he was dribbling the cheese and everything else down the front of him. And then he was sick. <laughs> Which kind of adds to it. You know, you're sort of sitting there and I've, I'm looking at him thinking, you look really disgusting. And I thought, he's going to be sick. He's going to be sick. He's been... Oh, no. I get really funny about things like that. If you're having your breakfast at the moment, nice to have your company. It's LBC, 97.3. It's a rather cheery way to start the day. Not necessarily the best way. Oh, look. Something else that might not be the best way to start your day. Looking at the papers this morning for Nick Ferrari. About to go on tour. I wonder if you've bought tickets for Lembit Opic. He'll be looking at the papers for Nick at seven. Myself and uh, my husband, we're... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome along. It's Tuesday morning in London town. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast with you till seven. When Nick Ferrari comes along to talk to uh, Lembit Opic, who's going to be reviewing the papers, and also where this axe will fall. The government have said that we're going to be cutting back, we're going to have to tighten our belts, usual sort of stuff. And we're all going, oh, that'll be nice, that'll be nice. Thank you to everybody who sent in their texts and emails. We'll have a chat to Alan Dodgen in a moment, because apparently I'm supposed to know where he is. He said, oh, don't worry, Steve knows exactly where I am, because we spoke about it. Well, I cannot remember this for love nor money. Uh, coconuts. Uh, a lot of people confusing coconut milk and coconut water. Uh, milk is added or obtained by adding water to grated dry coconuts and squeezing. Water is the liquid poured directly from the coconuts, green or dry. And it's the coconut water that we're, uh, we're getting into at the moment. Uh, Brian says, I don't know if you remember me. Just wanted to say a great show once again. Thanks for letting me uh, come by to give my love to Amanda. Who's this one? Who's this one? Who's come by? Somebody's come by to give their love to you. A little bit of a worry there. Well, I've no idea. I don't know. The people you bump into, goodness only knows. Uh, coconut water. Have you tried lychee drink made by Rubicon? I have. I've tried lychee. And uh, it's quite nice. A little bit sweet. A lot of people don't like lychees, but I'm, I'm quite a big fan of lychees. And uh, pre-order next week. Available 24th of June, says Adam. Excellent. Fantastic. So I, I will be getting one, actually. I think I'm definitely going to get the iPhone. And 24th of June here, says John. I've, def- I've got to get it, haven't I? This is definitely one of those things. And uh, Catherine, thank you for the name of her cat, which is Killmouski. There you go. Think about it very carefully. 84850, steve uh, And hopefully we should find Alan Dodgen. Some- God alone, where he is. Where are you this morning? Nottingham. Nottingham. And Nottingham. this is the reason we're doing you on the phone, is it? That, that's why, yes. Right. What are you doing in Nottingham? Oh, I just have business meetings up here. Oh, I listen, thought I'd Alan, just explore. you don't have a business. OK, why are you there? Are you serving the rest of the ASBO? It's trying to move around so they can't track me down. <laughs> yeah, but we know where you are. <laughs> yeah, well, you keep advertising. It's a police stop. <laughs> it's exactly. I've, I haven't been to Nottingham. I went to Nottingham. Ah, wait a minute. I did go to Nottingham. I did a student conference there a short while ago. And that, that That's was right. quite you, nice. went up, you went a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And in fact, Dale, of course, was, uh, was up in Nottingham at Radio Trent. And what do Global own? We own Radio Trent. Well, so I can't escape. It's a small world, isn't it? Just a little bit. It's what, quite you, nice. Are you buying some more gadgets? No, I've just talked about the iPad. In fact, I brought it in today to show you because I, I thought you wouldn't have seen one. Right. So I brought it in, but of course you're not here today, so I'll have to wait till I see you next time round. So, so the whole conversation I had with you last week, at the end of the week, about me going in and playing with an iP- iPad mm. has completely left your memory already. I was drinking. My ah, name is Steve Allen. Nice. I was drinking. Because this is now, because ever since I had a, I had a bit of an incident, <laughs> just call it last week, uh, with some vodka, and I've, for, for eight days now, this is the ninth day, I've not touched a drop of alcohol, and I'm quite enjoying it. 
What, being sober? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got nothing to do with being sober. It's just, it's just the fact that you, you sleep better at night, you feel better, and I'm trying to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm probably doing it a couple of weeks, and I've decided that every so often I'll do a couple of weeks where I don't have a glass of wine or, or, or anything at all. I'll just drink fruit juice, or no, not fruit juice, coconut water or water or a cup of tea. So drink something which is even more expensive than your alcohol. It is more expensive. It is more yeah. expensive. But the but the funny thing is, giving up drink is like giving up smoking. When I stopped smoking, it was then I became ill. And the one thing you worry about when you stop either the drink or the cigarettes is, what do you do? I know it seems odd, but when you were smoking, at least you knew what to do with your hands. When you stop smoking, you don't quite know what to do with your hands. So you sit there thinking, what did I do? And when you stop drinking, it's the same thing. I sit there in front of the television thinking, at this moment, I'll be pouring a drink. What am I doing if I'm not pouring a drink? And that, that's what you have to do. You have to occupy yourself. You, sorry, you're confusing me now. I mm. can understand with smoking yeah. that you're doing something with your hands. Yeah. With drinking, however, mm. surely if you're replacing it with non-alcoholic, then you're still doing something. But it's a different feeling. It's a different sensation. Well, the glass is lighter because you've well, got the, the whole bottle of it, wine. It is I true. mean, what more can I say? The glass tends to be a bit lighter. But you're right, actually. I, I, I did think about that because I've had conversations on the phone and I thought I've generally had conversations on the phone about five o'clock where I can just rabbit on for the world. And I thought, no, I've done that on about two or three glasses of wine. Can I have the same conversation without the wine? And the answer is, and no, you... I can't. <laughs> well, no, because most of the people you're talking to are expecting you to take your clothes off. That's right. <laughs> la, 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 la. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> well, that's what you want. We all know, everybody, every listener knows what happens when you have alcohol. Listen, it's a, it's my drink story. was spiked. My drink was spiked. It's not my fault that I was banned from the LBC Christmas party three years on the trots. I think you'll find there's a lot more places you've been banned from. It's quite a few other places. Well, you know. <laughs> you know what it's like. I can't help it. It's not my fault. It's just that some people ha- have a drink they want to get into a fight, I just take my clothes off. It's not Well, at least it's a little more healthy than getting fighting. Yeah, but I tell you what, I've gone crackers for coconut water. And, and seeing your little rotund figure when you were in last time, I've decided it's the way forward for you. What, more water, more water retention? More, well, it's, I mean, this has got potassium in it, and it's very good for you because I think you need to lead a healthier lifestyle... You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in any way decrying the way your lifestyle is at the moment. I just think that maybe you could be as healthy as me. Well, you, you kind of are, really, aren't you? You, you? you want me to stop having my enjoyable nights out or, or midweek, so yeah, to I mean, I'm, I mean, to you, I'm a bit of a guru. I know that. I know that you, you look up to me. And having seen the pictures uh... of you on the LBC website, I think you need to because you're a lot shorter than I am. <gasps> Blasphemy. OK, but go on. <laughs> but you are, actually. And I didn't realise, so I looked at the pictures, how much shorter... No, I was are. bent over. You, you said, bent talk, over you know, at all. I was slightly bent over, you bent know, over and there was a like, hole. No, I'm sorry, I'm not going to argue with you, Alan, but you were not bent over at all. You were standing fully upright on tippy-toe. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you look like. Right, and, and, but that, that height has nothing to do with just drinking coconut water. No, but the coconut water does make you feel good. It's, it's very, very good. They drink it in the Lebanon, they drink it in India, they drink it all over the place. And, it seems to <laughs> and be that makes it everyone. good. That makes it good, as and far that's as all I'm you're concerned. justifying it's good while, where you can drink it. But I'm just it's trying very... to think of a healthy, healthy lifestyle for you. It's not cheap. Oh, well, I don't think it's healthy in this It's not because cheap. If you think about... 
Which, that's what I mean. It's not cheap. It's not healthy in that respect. I'll I've have a couple of glasses. I've actually alcohol to, to, to support the coconut water. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you told me the price... I have to leave it. I have to, I'm bored with you anyway, so... Oh, on that moment. Thanks. Can I go back to bed now? Well, oh, you're in bed, are you? Well, no, I'm not. I'm up. I'm walking around. OK. Well, um, a miracle at your age, I... but anyway. Lovely to talk to you, though. Yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, in, enjoy yourself in Nottingham. Yeah, can't wait. Thanks. Good. Great. chance of getting out alive <laughs> will be a miracle, but anyway. Good luck to you. Bye! See you soon. Bye. He's in prison. OK, he's in prison. Let's just uh, establish that now. 16 minutes past seven. With the headline, Sam Pittis. The Chancellor is to ask members of the public to help. Eight for eight, host, Steve at lbc.co.uk. I just said to producer, because she's a vegetarian. I said, what are you having tonight? I think it'll be another nut roast, because that's what vegetarians generally have. Fish cakes tonight. She said she knows already. 20 past six in the morning, she knows she's having fish cakes. And I said... I said, oh, what would you be having those with? Chips? No, salad. How dull is that? How boring. Go oh, blimey. All round to Amanda's place tonight for fish cakes and salad. And, of course, if you have a party, you make a big bowl of salads. You've all got to suffer at the same time. Fish cakes. I bought some fish cakes the other day, but they're probably not like your fish cakes. Wait, and this, this is a good recipe. You can try this one. It's where you, you get sort of some cod. It's a recipe, actually. And then you mix it with mashed potato. And then you make it into a little cake thing, and then you put... Uh, I don't make this, Marks and Spencers make it. And, uh, and then you put it in, in an oven and just bake it. And then, then you have it with roast potato... Oh, you make your own from scratch. How dull. Sure sign of a single, you know, lifestyle, ladies and gentlemen. So what do we do today? We, ma- we made fish cakes. It's like <laughs> Jim Dimer was telling me overnight. He said... He made me laugh. I came in. Always makes me laugh when I walk in, because, A, he's sort of... He's awake and he's fairly chipper. And he said... Oh, he said, I was very good yesterday. He said, I mowed the grass at home. And I went, oh, that was nice. He said, and I met, then made some chilli con carne. I went, oh, lovely. Thinking, oh, God, it's going to be a boring, long conversation. And then he said... I'll bring you some in tomorrow. I said, what, you've got some left over? He said, yes. He said, I was following a Jamie Oliver recipe. He said, it wasn't until I got to the end I realised it made enough for eight people. I said, I said what, what, what was the giveaway? He said, it said, take eight Spanish onions. <laughs> so, I said, what was not the size of the pot, an indicator of how big the car... So he's bringing this stuff in. So tomorrow I'm going to have to accept second-hand chilli con carne from somebody whose, frankly, hygiene conditions need a bit of inspecting. Because unless you've actually seen somebody's kitchen, I don't want to eat anything. I know it sounds awful, but people used to send in food years and years... 20 years ago to LBC, there used to be a lady who used to send in sandwiches... I mean, hundreds of sandwiches. She would sit at home making hundreds of rounds of sandwiches. Well, they'd arrive in, I'd give them to the news desk, because they'd eat anything. And they would sit there devouring all these sandwiches. But, I mean, they would eat them, absolutely. I wanted to see the conditions. Because if you go out to a restaurant, you can can see the conditions. But if somebody brings food in, I don't know what the hygiene... And I don't know what Jim Diamond's hygiene conditions are like at home. He's mown the grass and he's made a chilli con carne. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, and he spent last weekend on a farm. So I'm thinking, what are he, you know, does he wash his hands in between? Does he cut up the onion or does he drop it on the floor? Is the floor, you know, has he got cat? I don't know. I need to check these kind of things. In Lebanon and Syria, there's a juice and milkshake cocktail made with avocado and pistachio, says Chris in Islington. Lawrence, the chauffeur, says, can you do the Jordan impression before I pick up my boss? I can't do Jordan impressions. I can only do Christine Bleakley. Hi, you. It's the only one. But she's on the front page of the paper again today. Uh, on a text question as well, which I'll do for you. But they're, they're saying they're now... Because I'm... Do you know, I, I said yesterday, I'm, I'm going to have to stand by it. Christine Bleak, she's only got one show under her belt, and now they're saying she confronts the Olympic coverage for the BBC. Excuse me, with what experience? The, she water-skied across the channel. It's not exactly... And they're now saying that they're going to offer her two million quid. Pfft. 
More fool them, as far as I'm concerned. Get her much cheaper than that. Let her go to ITV for this reputed six million. They haven't got six million. And if she wants to get up at two o'clock every three o'clock every morning, good luck to her. Off you go, Christine. Go and do it. Because, frankly, you're leaving me cold at the moment. Text question today. As we talked about the Big Brother coming back this week, the Big Brother winners have said how it changed their lives. What has happened to you that's changed your life? And apart from discovering LBC... What has happened to you that has changed your life? What, what one thing? Was it getting married? Was it, you know, finding a partner? Was it, um, I don't know, actually, I'm trying to think. Was it going on an aeroplane? Did you go on Concorde? What changed your life? What made you think, right, I'm going to change... Was it giving up smoking, giving up drinking? What thing has changed your life? Steve, tell us more about giving up the wine. I just stopped. I just stopped. You know, just psh, like that. Cold turkey is the best way if you want to, if you want to stop. I mean, I... I couple of glasses of wine a night you know the problem with me is I was drinking white wine and people keep saying drink red wine and I said I can't drink red wine I get a headache on red wine so white wine I was drinking but then last week because of the rugby I was drinking vodka and I was with about 200 other people who were helping me drink vodka and uh, it didn't help very well Linen Bushy says I always know when I don't look my best Steve the people who sell a guy to filling in a will at the local shopping centre always make a beeline for me I always avoid those people because I've done my will have you done your will Amanda? I'm hoping you haven't seen. You, it's a, I know you haven't got anything to leave, dear, but you could leave your salad bowl, couldn't you, or something like that, or a recipe for a fish cake. I'm sure that somebody would appreciate. I could uh, then, and then at the wake, I could go. And today we're all eating Amanda's recipe for fish cake and salad, and you watch people keeling over the tables. <laughs> and that's the last meal she ever ate. Sean says, "I love sprouts, but where can I get sprout tops? Don't you just buy sprouts?" Says Amanda, and cut the top off. I've never heard of sprout tops at all. And uh, go to Body Shop in Guildford, says Phil. The other half's the manager. She'll give you a discount. You think I'm driving all the way to Guildford for that? I, I go to uh, go to anyone, actually. And uh, Barbara says, when my son was six, he had a gerbil called Gervais. Gervais. My cat was called Chairman Meow, says Dave in Manchester. Hope you stay there. She lived 17 years with an identity crisis. Not surprised. The only thing remotely amusing, Steve, about Lempit Opic is his name. Yeah, I have to agree with it. I don't think he's going to work as a comedian. I, d- I just don't. I don't see it. I've never heard him cracking any jokes. Perhaps you'll perhaps you'll change your your uh, your thoughts about him this morning. And Paul says I watched five live open mouth at how bad all the presenters were. Ian Wright is utterly dreadful. Have you noticed that most of the time he thinks he's doing an advert for Hovis Bread? He started wearing hats in the studio, whereas anybody will tell you it's extremely rude to wear hats in... Nobody wears hats indoors, unless, I'm afraid, you are Ian Wright. When you're on the radio, Steve, LBC stands for London's biggest chuckle. There you go. Perhaps we could have a competition tomorrow on what LBC stands for. We had that a few years ago. That was very interesting. Uh, And Dan is... uh, I love the Toto remix. Thank you so much for that. Are you geared up for June the 24th and the new iPhone 4? Can't wait. Pre-order from next Tuesday. Barely see the screen as I'm texting you, Steve, as I didn't get from work till two. Nice to know you're working today, actually. Nice to know you're working. The text question is, the Big Brother winners have said how it changed their lives, the experience being on Big Brother. What life-changing experience have you had? What was the one thing that you went, wow, that has changed my life? Do let me know. 84850. More stories in the paper today. They're, they're talking about the stereophonics uh, star, Stuart Cable, found dead. This is a guy who said he'd never make it to 40. He went on um, a binge drink. And I know lots and lots of people who do drink. And it's fine. You can drink in moderation. Unfortunately for him, he went out and had a, a long binge drink. And, uh, and it killed him in the end, I'm afraid. 
Uh, the crew of the RAF's hospital in the sky descared, d- declared after their biggest stretched airlift from the hell of Afghanistan how they were humbled by the courage of those they rescued. And then there was the story of the skydiving mum, which I thought was fantastic. In a formation, plummeted her death with a pal as their parachutes got tangled. Now, I always thought... Because I'm sure my dad was a parachute. I'm sure he had wings. That people have two parachutes. You've got the one parachute and then there's a spare parachute. Emma Bradley collided with this veteran who was 65 as they pulled their ripcords after free-falling for 10,000 feet. Now, I've never done parachuting. I've always fancied it um, because it makes it look as though you're floating, but you're not floating. When you jump out the aircraft, that's the bit where you plummet at thousands of feet a second, and I think 35 seconds seems like a lifetime, and then you go, let's, let's pull this thing, and then it jerks you back up again. But in this particular case, uh, they held hands with four fellow team amateur formation team members, and then Emma got entwined in the, the canopy. Uh, they then, oh, they did have reserve chutes, which were meant to jettison the main canopies, but unfortunately it made the tangle worse. And, uh, and she plummeted to her death, together with, uh, with Brian, who was the instructor. I mean, absolutely dreadful. They'd been doing... In fact, Brian, had, I think, had made about 2,000 jumps. Terrible, terrible. Good news is, as if we needed some good news this morning, and we do, in the light of what the government have been telling you over the last uh, few days, 17 horses which were left starving after that disgusting man who ran Animal Auschwitz. This is Spindles Farm near Amersham, where the horse trader James Gray was jailed for eight months for abuse of animals, a vile piece of work. And uh, they finally got 17 horses back, and they're ready to be given homes. It cost the RSPCA £2 million to look after these horses. £2 million. And uh, if you really believe in Google Street View, which I quite like, I've seen the little cars going up and down, here's a couple getting frisky outdoors in the West Midlands, in a place called Wombourne. Does look like the kind of place where you'd need to get frisky because it really looks a bit naff. But they were caught getting frisky, unaware they were caught on the map website Google Street View. Matt Griffiths spotted the smooching pair as he checked out properties. The waterboard supervisor, put off by the site, said, I can't believe how brazen they were. They were actually snogging. Isn't that disgusting in this day and age? Snogging on the ground, on the television. As you, you know, you can get all sorts of stuff now, even on the iPad. If I didn't realise until the other day that I can link it up with my computer at home, so whatever's on my computer, I can watch on the iPad, which I think is quite, is quite cool. I'm not using it as much as I should be. I'm not using it as much. Things that have changed Dan's life, because we're looking for things that have changed your life. He said four things. Marrying Danny, becoming a dad, owning an iPhone, and my iPad. Typically, no mention of me whatsoever in there. There's an LBC app, isn't there? Oh, he's, he's got the LBC app. Everybody's got the LBC app. It's one of the best apps. To, of course I've got Hello, of course I've got it. Oh, it's not yet, is it? Sorry, I was just... I was happily sitting there. I don't know why I was looking at the clock. I was mesmerised by the second hand on the clock. I was watching the second hand thinking, it's coming up to 58. Oh, it's kept going past it. It's a very fast second hand on the clock today. There's uh, more on the lion massager. This is a bloke who massages lions. I wouldn't recommend it. He's been doing it for a long time. He's a wildlife expert. And he calms the savage cats with gentle foot rubs. Mind you, you take your life in your hands, don't you, with these things. He's also done the same with grizzly bears. Better him than me. This is LBC. 25 to 7. Morning, Sam. Morning, Steve. Well... You're not very good, I'm afraid, at this, are you? No sign of improvement, oh, I'm afraid, yesterday. dear. Red twist. Out of six horses running, yours was... Tell me. Second. I should have stuck. You, you should see, have twisted. You, you, you should have twisted. You should have gone each way. <laughs> and if you'd gone each way, 
you'd have had a little bit of money because you lost two pounds, I'm afraid. What is that? £51.55 in the red. I mean, by now, you'd have had a please see me letter from the bank manager. <laughs> it's not good enough, is it? Whereas yeah. uh, Alex had Ginger Ted, mm. which was a non-runner. Oh, great. So total profit. He's still got £18.55. It's still a bit of a shower, this, isn't it, to be it, honest, it, between the two of us? I'm not being funny, shower, but... Really well, he's... Well, I'm, you know, I, I will take my share of the responsibility, but he's not faring too well either, to be honest. Well, I think between me, us... He's £19 in profit. He had one good winner the other day. Well, and t- last yeah. month, he had about one winner all month. Well, it doesn't matter. He's still lot, doing better actually. than you. Well, you You're, know... There's no good trying to make... The trouble is, you're making excuses, and I'm not having it. I'm building He's it up. Better than, well, it's no good trying <clears throat> to build your part up, sir. Little, <laughs> blimey, little, uh, a little winner here and there. Well, a little winner is no use to us. Okay. You're fifty-one pound fifty-five. You know the forfeits. I don't know I've why I'm arguing. About it. I don't know why I'm arguing. No, exactly. It's pointless arguing. It is. We're looking for winners. Oh my! So today he's gone to Salisbury. Mm. The four thirty. Mm. Sea of heartbreak. What? Sea of heartbreak. Sea of heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> Lifetime and loneliness. <laughs> Memories of the old caress so divine. <laughs> it's been, what, three minutes since you last sang a song? Brilliant. <laughs> I like singing songs. I, I think I'm quite know. good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's an album in it. I thought there was one. Well, apparently, it? Peter Andre says he's proud of all his albums. I wasn't aware he'd released any. I wasn't either, actually. He says, even the duets one with Katie Price, he said, I loved making it, and she did have a unique voice. Well, it was certainly unique. It was certainly unique, wasn't it? We're not sure whether it was hers or not. Well, uh, I, I thought he only had a couple of songs. He had an album, I had no idea. Apparently there was an album out. Well, but, Robbie Williams has got a Greatest Hits album out. Yeah, How many has he had? Well, he's got quite a few songs that people remember, though. Yeah, but, well, I'm, I'm not talking sure about whether they remember them, because let's face it, when he does a concert, he doesn't need to sing. They sing it for him. Well, it's enough to fill an album, at least. It's enough to fill it quite clearly. I remember when, when the Boomtown Rats... I don't know what I'm talking about this to you. Uh, the Boomtown Rats brought out a Greatest Hits album. Most of them were just B-sides. They weren't, they weren't greatest hits at all. I could only name one of their songs anyway. Yeah, I don't like Mondays. Exactly. Well, that's it. Well, it's Tuesday, so it's all right. It's Tuesday, so it make any difference. So, see if heartbreak. But, uh, but, yeah, no, definitely there's an album in there. I, yeah. think, uh, I think you should look into that, Steve. OK. What are you going to go for today? Yeah, moving on to <laughs> trying to dance around their horse racing. Let's move back to it. Redcar, Salisbury, Southall and Banger are the race meetings. Uh, you've gone to Salisbury. We're going to go to Salisbury as well at the five o'clock from Salisbury. Um, uh, and it is set to go. Set to go. Set to go. Yeah, well, well there you go. <laughs> Let's just hope. Well, that's all I can do now. Yeah, fingers crossed. Doesn't really make any difference. Be big and strong, be brave. Let's just see how it goes. All right, well, good luck. I'm set to go. Yes, that's what I like to hear. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. See you, Steve. OK, mate. Uh, Sam Pittis, I've just, I've just called him mate as well. He called me mate yesterday, I went, don't call me mate. No, I've just done it. What is that? I'm becoming more common on this programme every day, calling people mate and things like that. Oh, good news, incidentally, just when you thought things uh, weren't looking too good in the country, Jeff Brazier's living uh, TV series on how to be a good dad has been ditched after one episode. Oh, there is a god. Thank you very much indeed. He said it was meant to be a series, but not anymore. Oh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, what has changed your life? Apparently I'm going with Yvonne in Luton to Corfu on Friday. She saved up the daily podcast, so that's very good indeed. My craving, it's got LBC listeners in a tizzy, is the coconut water. And apparently I'm putting prices up everywhere, says Sabs. Uh, Weight Watchers changed my life. Steve, I lost five stone and I put it all back on again. And Stephen says winning National Teacher of the Year award changed my life. Jan says becoming a grandmother changed my life. It's the wonderful feeling of unconditional love, the sharing of knowledge, the nurturing, the fun, and yet not quite the same responsibility. It's like being a a godparent. It's great. Play with them. End of the day, give them back. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, Steve, I've given up wine a few weeks back. Worst six hours of my life. I totally agree with you. I did that once. (laughs) What was it? What was the line? It was something to do with I had a vodka once. I knocked it over. 
very traumatic experience. About, I can't remember what the line was. Uh, 20 minutes to uh, seven. Darren, good morning. Morning to you. Have you heard of Brussels tops? Because you're a vegetarian person, aren't you? Never heard of them. No, so I don't know what they are either. We, we, we think they could be the leaves of the Brussels sprout. And um, what did you boil them up and eat? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I've got no idea. Somebody, somebody just said that they liked Brussels tops. No idea what you're talking about. No, well, there you go. Have you seen the new iPhone? I have indeed. Very, very interesting. Released here on the 24th. Yes, um, very thin. It is. I, I like thin and with two cameras. Thinnest, uh, smartphone ever. Yeah. Faster. Got the chip that's in the, um, iPad as well, so it's going to be very fast indeed. Yeah. And as you say, the camera on the front and the back, so you can do video conferencing. But, so we've been able to do that for years here. I'm not, so, not sure why they're making such a fuss about that. And um, the interesting thing is, we when we saw the prototype that was nicked and left in the pile, no one could work out why there was this big metal loop around it. Yeah. Um, and that turns out to be the antennae, the Bluetooth, and um, all sorts of other bits and pieces. So, mm. quite interesting. But nice. as you say, out on the 24th, pre-ordering yeah. next week. Excellent. That's what I'm going to do. Pre-order. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Hampton Court Festival is now underway. Oh, was it? Oh, right. I was looking for something today. No, tonight it's Jackson Brown. Oh. Tomorrow, the Gypsy Kings. Excellent. Guitar out. On the 10th, Van Morrison. On the 11th, Jules Holland. Yeah, that'll be the one they go for. Uh, this is a good one. On the 12th, classical music and fireworks. Yeah, you they always do that Jules every year. Jules Holland will do, do the best business together with the fireworks. Yeah. Actually, they all do well, but the fastest ones that sell out are those. Well, 15th, 16th, Simply Red, number 7, on the, sorry, number 17. On the 17th, Michael Bolton, Your Best Friend, 19th of June, Catherine Jenkins. Excellent. And finally on the, uh, it's Michael Bolton. Excellent. Actually, on the subject yeah. of Catherine Jenkins, her, uh, her new boyfriend, Gethin, uh, I keep seeing him on the television with Holland and Barrett. I'm assuming he's working there. I had no idea it was just an advert. He sort of come from Blue Peter, where he was doing quite well, to just a Holland and Barrett advert. And somebody did question whether he was working for them. Now behind the counter. Good Just... idea. <laughs> Interesting. Right. What else? Comedy Roadshow. You know the uh, TV shows with um, Michael McIntyre. Yeah. Uh, they're doing the uh, comedy uh, store, and what they're doing there is they're testing out different comedians, and the best ones will be on the TV series, which they're recording later in the year. That's Monday the fourteenth and Monday the twenty-first of June. Marcus Bergman, Tom Deacon, Bainey Godgley, uh, Maeve Higgins, Lloyd Langford and Roger Monkhouse. You can go and see them. And finally, this is one for you, because I know how much you love art. From tomorrow, Tate Britain presents mm-hmm. Rude Britannia, British comic, comic art from the 1600s to the modern day. Everything mm-hmm. from Alice in Wonderland, Spitting Image, all sorts of stuff. Steve Bell, the cartoonist. Hate all on display Modern. down in Tate Britain. Hate it. Tate, Tate Britain, hate it. Oh, dear. No, Tate Modern. Tate Modern. Have, have I been to Tate Britain? No. No. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> I need to go there. Actually, yeah, I, I can't really remember where it. I've been. People have to tell me now. I've got to that age where I'm sort of... I can't remember what happened yesterday. Very cold today. Wrap up warm. It's going to rain. Thundery showers later. So uh, don't go out without your little rain hat on. You know what it's like if you get wet. All hell to pay. Get your pack a mac out. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Off you go. Bye.
Darren's always gone already. Uh, Darren will be back on uh, Friday with Petri, and he'll be... Uh, he's going back to bed now, I think. I think he was, I don't think he actually gets out of bed. I'm convinced of these things in the morning. Uh, you can buy Brussels tops in the winter. You can only buy them, says Jay. Jan says, many years ago when I was pregnant and living in Spain, I used to drink uh, horchata, which was made from nuts. It was very delicious and very good for you. That sounds quite nice. I quite like nut drinks. Uh, Steve, I saw five minutes of the five o'clock show. Thought what a load of old rubbish. Uh, Tony in Dartford, have you seen the picture of the new iPhone? Absolutely. I've got to have one. And uh, Liz from Morden and, uh, says, I want to get an iPad. How much are they? Far too much for you. You live in Morden. No chance. Ray in Barkingside says you've stopped the wine but still on the vodka. No, no, I, I've, I've stopped all of it because I've, I've got a big blood test and everything else. It's best you don't drink anything. And somebody says you have to admire Christine Bleakley's success. She only ever done one show. Hardly successful because the uh, figures... And in fact, if she left it tomorrow, the figures would remain exactly the same because it's the show. It's not the presenters. People don't, don't follow presenters on the television in the same way they follow on the radio. Uh, Dan says, oh, OK, knowing Steve Allen... It's one of those things which sort of is a life-changing experience. Bumped into him in Kingston, chatted carefree for ages to nearly make the wife late for the hair appointment, risked my life last week, but it was you, so I was forgiven. See? That's what we like to hear. People tell fibs all the time, which is good news. And uh, 84850, please let your listeners know, if you drink more than five units a day, you must not give up suddenly. Apparently, strange enough, even more than three units a day, you're, you're classed as, uh, as one, says James. I think it's just good to stop drinking every so often. I think you should just give your, give your little body a rest. It's like exercise. At the moment, I'm doing a lot of exercise, getting out there, pounding the pavement, you know, jogging. Not not really. I mean, I was going to go and buy a tracksuit, but I, thought, oh, I looked at myself in one. It's, just, it's, not an, it's not an attractive look. I do look a little bit chavvy, I'm afraid. I mean, having, having worn my little trainers out there, I might have to go and buy some expensive trainers today, so I look a little bit less chavvy. But tracksuit bot, it's not a good look, is it? And then I thought I could pull, pull my pants up, so it makes me look even more attractive. Helena says, I've never heard of Brussels tops, but you can buy pea tops in the bagged salad section of Waitrose, M&S and Sainsbury's. Oh, the producer knows the salad section. Like the back of a hand, this woman knows more about salads than you could shake a stick at. They look like sweet peas without the flowers and taste surprisingly like peas. Quite nice for a change from lettuce or spinach. There you go, you can have a change from lettuce. Because she's got salad every day this week. <gasps> dull, dull, dull. News headlines, Sam Pittis. The Chancellor is to ask members of the public to help the sea. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, 7. Good news from uh, Colleen Nolan. You remember Colleen, the least talented of the loose women. Uh, she's ditched the workout DVD. Though she was promoting heavily at the start of the year, she admits, I can't stick to it, simple as that. So perhaps she'll give everybody their money back, seeing as you took it from them under false pretenses. Uh, Dan says you can pick Sprout Top Up in Garson's Farm Shop. It's basically... So I thought the producer would know all about this. She eats anything that's got a leaf on it. So you can pick them in Garson's... They're basically what you say, leaves of the sprouts, overboil them, they're like mush. You'd like that, wouldn't you? You can have them with fish cakes or something. I can, yes. You could. She eats a lot of salad. A lot of salad. <laughs> Goes with the Yasser Arafat outfit. <laughs> it's an interesting outfit today. What, what Does it have a name? It's like, every time she comes in here, because I, I do know her wardrobe quite well. She doesn't know mine, because every day it's like an adventure for me, because even I don't know where it comes from half the time. Yeah, shirts and trousers. Yeah, but I think you'll find they're all... I mean, look, creases in shirts and smart like that. She either comes in with this thing wrapped round her, or she's got so many bangles, she looks like she's wandered in from an African village. She's got, I'm expecting her to come in one day. I was, I was hoping, actually. You know when they do those bangles around the neck? And they extend your neck up. You look a bit like E.T. I thought we could make her look like that one day. I thought that would be quite good. I've, I've, I've got this image, strangely now, it's not going to leave me for some time, well, until the programme finishes, of her. We could superimpose them on. We could do a, a fit-up job, couldn't we? 
And we could, we could just put more... And then we could sort of take your neck up higher and higher and higher. And you could have big hoop earrings. It'd be lovely, wouldn't it? We can buy you a caravan. Brussels sprouts, apparently, are the top leaves of plants used in spring as cabbage. There you go. Brussels tops are the leaves. You can also buy pea tops. Great in salads, Kevin. Mind you, it's just making money out of waste. So there you go. Uh, right, head online to lbc.co.uk now, and you could win an iPod Touch. Thanks to Barclays Business and their Take One Small Step campaign over the last few months, people have been entering the competition for the chance to boost their business idea with £50,000. And now they need your vote. Head online to view the finalists now and for your chance to win the iPod Touch. LBC 97.3. So it's lbc.co.uk. Good luck for that one. There you go. Brussels tops are just that. As the plant gets old and all the sprouts have been picked, the sprouts tend to green leaves at the top. They're the nicest greens you can eat, says Stuart, who's in East Sussex. Kate says, listening to my iPhone at work, that'll be through the LBC app, although the app doesn't work when you're sending a text message. Well, I don't know. Does it, not, does it not work when you're sending a text message? I've never thought of it. Exactly. You didn't know what Brussels sprout top leaves were, were you? No point. No, I knew what they were. I knew it was the top leaves. Says, where can you buy coconut water? Uh, well, you can buy it in Holland and Barrett. It's very expensive, about £4.58. Or you can go out and buy a coconut for about a pound. Make sure you shake it. Make sure it's got water in it. Um, Leslie says, uh, Brussels tops are the leafy bits at the top of the plant. Just clean them, roughly chop them, take out the thick stems and cook like cabbage. God, sounds boring. And uh, Annie says, Brussels tops are like spring greens, but more tasty. God, that sounds revolting. It really does. It won't be for me, I'm afraid. Text question is... The producer thinks they're fabulous. She's already conjuring up recipes in her mind of what, what interesting things she can do with the top of a Brussels sprout plant. I've also got a few ideas as well, most of them unrepeatable, but we'll probably put them on the podcast later. So the question is, the Big Brother winners have said that going on Big Brother changed their life. What life-changing experiences have you had? What have you had that uh, you go, do you know, that really changed my life. It could be all sorts of things. Makes you more aware of, of yourself. Whatever it is, do let me know. 84850, uk. They're also dropping hints that Jordan could go into the Big Brother house. Highly unlikely, I think. Highly unlikely. They, they, they came up with that wheeze last time and nothing happened. It was just a few of the ex-boyfriends and the, uh, the current husband. And uh, she must be suffering from a, a dearth at the moment of publicity. The Daily Mail has done a, a huge front-page feature on this, this poor mother of the twin girls mauled by a fox who spoke of her living nightmare. I'm not at all surprised. Uh, they put out... I mean, they're all over the place, these foxes. I mean, they really are. They're just everywhere. Uh, but I always thought that they were... They were sort of frightened of humans. Quite clearly not in this particular case. Uh, there's a woman here who is suing the BBC over age and sex discrimination because she claims one of her bosses told her, Time for Botox. Time for... I mean, I say that to produce it all the time. I look at her, I go, time for Botox. You know, it's like, time for Teletubbies. It's only... It's meant in fun. All right, sometimes she cries. Sometimes she cries. It's not... You know, it doesn't matter. Nobody's ever going to see her. Nobody ever sees her at all. She's hidden behind a salad bowl for most of her life. You know, she eats healthy. They always say, you are what you eat. So that's why there are no pictures of her on the LBC website at all. People have pleaded. People have said, you know, can we see... The only time you ever saw her was when she came with us to the Queen's Theatre. That was the only time when she went out there. She said, can I do anything? I said, we can go and hand out badges. So she went and handed out badges. I made her hand out badges. I gave her a big box of badges. I said, go and hand out badges. She was so happy. 
She skipped out there. Hello, would you like a badge? Hello, Amanda, would you like a badge? Hello, I eat salad, would you like a badge? She was doing all the way around the place. She was so happy. Happiest day of her life. One of the happiest days of her life. Um, so, is, is that wrong if, if somebody says that to, you know, time for Botox? If somebody said that to me, I'd laugh. I'd go, yeah, right. Wouldn't make any difference to me. Wouldn't make any difference to me if somebody said something like that. I'd be thinking, oh, perhaps you're right. Because people generally are quite honest, aren't they? When they say, have you ever thought about losing weight? Or have you ever thought about doing this? Oh, and I forgot to mention Brian earlier on. I should have remembered who Brian is. Because he came into the programme. He was 16. He's now 17. And uh, he was doing a, a programme, a youth programme, uh, for choice. And he came in and he interviewed me after the programme. So, Brian, thank you for that. And he was very, very good. And I should have remembered, for some reason, I didn't think you spelled, I thought you were an, an R-I-A-N, as opposed to a Y. But Brussels tops are the stems that the sprouts grow on. You know, I'm sick to death of these blooming things. I've had enough of them already. I'm bored, witless. You boil them like cabbage and eat them. Very northern. We don't do northern things, I'm afraid. Not a northern radio station. We're a London radio station in Leicester Square. And uh, what were gladiators' roles like? They're going to do this Channel 4 programme, which I think is going to be an absolute must-see, since they've uncovered in York uh, what they say is a gladiator cemetery. And contrary to what I thought, and I've seen on all the films, they've got it wrong. In the arena, when the Roman emperor put his thumb up, I thought that meant they were reprieved. No, 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 no. Thumbs down meant they were reprieved. Thumbs up meant they were decapitated. So these poor gladiators were trailed about all over the country. They were wined and dined. They were fed like footballers. They were treated like, like gods. But the ultimate end for them was that they were going to be killed in... It's a very interesting outfit, Thank isn't you. it? I know, I thought so. I thought so. When you bought it... <laughs> so just, but so, so they, they trailed about the country. And, and if they weren't killed by the animals in the, uh, in the arena... They were killed by somebody else. I mean, the, uh, the, uh, the sand in the middle of the Colosseum would have been absolutely littered with limbs, bodies with no heads and things like that. And the, the crowd would scream for people's blood. And they did it here. They weren't just doing it in Rome. They were doing it all over the place. And in York, they did it. They had a big uh, arena up there. So if the thumbs were up, off came his head. And in the cemetery, they've now exhumed all of these skeletons that are there. Uh, many were decapitated. Many have a hammer blow to the head and many have uh, the marks of animals because the Romans used to bring in all these animals, as we said yesterday on the programme, and they would uh, bring them over just to see people being killed by animals. So we should bring it back, actually. Uh, Steve, the Steve Allen Show changed my life. There you go. It's nice. And, uh, and one here says, I'm five foot two and very girly for my 40th. I've passed my HGV class. So Debbie in Hull, well done to you. Congratulations, you've got the licence to drive the 40-foot articulated lorries. Excellent. We'll do it again tomorrow morning, same time, same place. So I hope you have a pleasant day. Take the umbrella, it's going to be a little bit wet out there. Lembert Opics looking through the papers for Nick Ferrari after the news at 7. Go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, for your chance to uh, learn about podcasting, have a look at the pictures and everything else. Have a great day, everybody. Keep it tuned to LBC. Before Nick, this morning's business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing down 56 points at 50.